Well, we're in a series. Anybody remember what it's called? Brave. Brave. And so today's Brave Part 2, so we're going to call it Braver. What do you think? Let's go ahead and look at 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 13. It says, watch, stand fast in the faith, be brave, say it, be brave, and be strong. The days we live in, the world we live in, things that are going on right now, it it demands that we be brave. The God we serve, the God who loves us and, and saved us, he deserves that we be brave. The kingdom that we're so privileged to be a part of expects us to be brave. Uh, Our fellow believers and people around us, they need us to be brave. And the enemy of our souls, the devil, the deceiver, the destroyer, he is hoping that you and I never become brave. And that should stir us up to lean in and to want to be brave. Let me tell you that the enemy of soul, and I shared this with you last week, He doesn't mind church and stuff. He doesn't mind little religious things that we busy ourselves with. But he is terrified. He's terrified of a people and of a church who will be brave in their God. And that's what we're pressing into to be brave about. Now, there are in Scripture some attitudes and some actions that are very key and if they're in Scripture and the way they're presented in Scripture, it is, they are things that God is calling us to, that God expects that we embrace and have these key attitudes and these key actions. And you know them and you believe them, you espouse them, you would even impose them upon other people. Well, you should, you should, you should have, you should be, you know, we'll do those kind of things. But here's the problem, and this is why I'm having to come to you and dare you, so to speak, to be brave in these things. It's because we kind of exempt ourselves from some things. We exempt ourselves. We justify why we believe something, but we don't, we don't do it. And so that's why I'm daring you. Do you remember what I dared you last week? To love. And, and we found out last week that we are to be first commandment people. Everybody say first commandment. So we're to be first commandment people, which is, which is this, that you shall love the, watch this, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. Well, I love God. No, you, do you, are you first commandment? Do you love him with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind and all your strength? It's like I'm daring you to take this a little bit further. And then that's the first and great commandment. And then we're also second commandment people. And the second commandment is like the first in its importance. And it is this, that you love your neighbor as yourself. And I dared you last week to love, to love God with all that you are and to love your neighbor. But here's what we do. Here's what we do. Well, I love, I know the Bible says you love your neighbor, but you don't, you don't know my neighbor. (laughs) And what we tend to do, and remember neighbor is just anybody nearby, anyone within reach. So it's not just the person who lives next door to you. And what we do is we exempt ourselves. We have justifications. We, we put in little escape clauses in these attitudes and actions that we're supposed to have, that Scripture calls us to, that God is calling us to, and what God has wanted. And I believe part of his purpose, I feel part of my assignment in this is, is to dare you to step across and fully do what God said to do. And not just say, well, I know we should love everybody, but you know there's some people. 
So I'm going to take it a little bit further today. And let's look at Matthew chapter 7, verse 1 and verse 2. And this is in the New Living Translation. And it reads, do not, and Jesus is speaking here. He says, do not judge others and you will not be judged. For you will be treated as you treat others. The standard you use in judging is the standard by which you will be judged. So let me go ahead and just shoot to the chase here. Let me get your attention here. I dare you. I dare you to stop judging others. I dare you. Oh, that went over really good. Did y'all hear that? Just, did you feel it? In the room? I dare you to stop judging others. First of all, because Jesus said to. And let's dive into this a little bit more because it, 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 it can get a little messy. What do you mean judge others? Judge others means that you pass judgment. You make a decision about them. You criticize them. You can talk bad about them. You can talk down to them. You can even mock them. And I, I just believe that Scripture is saying, cut it out, that we're not supposed to do it. We're really good at it, but we're to cut it out. So I dare you to stop judging others. And we live in a day and in a culture where people feel so free to criticize and talk about anything. Think about it. We're in a spectator uh, society. Uh, football starts in a few weeks. Anybody glad about that? Can I quote my wife on that? Who cares? That's what she said. But when football starts, um, we have what are called armchair quarterbacks. And there are people that will work themselves up into a frenzy while never leaving their chair because they're going to criticize the coach, the quarterback, the referees. I mean, just everything. They couldn't even run the length of the field. But they, they know what was right and wrong, and they feel free to speak about it. We're in a news-saturated society. You know, we have news coming at us all the time. And because of that, and there's so many commentators and people prognosticating and analysts and this and that, and everybody talking, talking, talking. And then we have, we have shows and competitions, and there's panels of judges, and we're going to vote them off, and you can call in, and all these things. We just feel very emboldened and free to judge everybody, to comment on anything and everything that we see. And I don't care who's in the White House and what party's in control. It doesn't matter. There's always going to be people feeling free to, to just talk, talk, talk. And sometimes it's one group's turn and another time it's another group's turn. And everybody just talking, criticizing, judging, and feeling real free about it and getting real good at it. George Burns, you remember him? He was a comedian. He lived to be like... 300 years old or something. Here's what he said uh, a while back. He said, too bad that all the people who know how to run the country are busy driving taxi cabs and cutting hair. (laughs) Pretty true. Judging, criticism, mocking, talking down, talking about is actually destructive. And it doesn't help. Uh, It hinders. It discourages people. Um, I was watching a program the other night. Actually, I watched three episodes of it. Um, I didn't choose the program. And I'll tell you what it is in a moment, and then I'll qualify all this. Say yes to the dress. <laughs> and maybe watch Say Yes to the, to the Dress. Okay. All right. I didn't choose the show. I just walked into the living room, and my wife and my daughter were all curled up with the little blankets and stuff and watching Say Yes to the Dress. And I thought I'd just hang out with them a little bit. And then I got intrigued. (laughs) 
three episodes later. So I've got to hurry because I've got some on TiVo and I need to... No, I'm teasing. What it is, if you haven't seen it, it's like this bridal boutique and they've got all the wedding dresses and stuff. And here's the, here's the deal. Uh, a bride-to-be comes to pick out her dress and here's her first mistake. She brings everybody with her. She brings all her sisters and all her cousins and her best friend and her mom and her grandma and her mother-in-law-to-be. And she's got this whole entourage and they sit down on these couches. And then the little bride-to-be goes in and she picks out a dress and they put her in the dress and she looks in the mirror. And this happened over and over the other night I'm watching this. She looks in the mirror and she sees it and she goes, I feel beautiful. And she twirls around and just feels beautiful. And then she goes out to all her crew and steps up on the little box and just kind of turns around. And they're like, oh my God, you look like a big white puffy tank. Girl, you don't want that dress. It makes your rear end look, you know, it's just. And you watch the little bride who felt so beautiful melt. And it's amazing to me how free everybody felt to just say those words and it just hinders and just, you know, pulls the plug, so to speak. Here's the other thing that happens that you need to be aware of when you speak so freely, when you feel so quick and easy to comment, to criticize, to judge. Your turn's coming up. Your turn's coming up. And you know what it will do? That's just rain. We're in here. We're dry. We're washing your car. Okay? When it's your turn, you'll be robbed of confidence. If you're a mocker, if you're quick to judge, if you're quick to criticize, to talk about other people, when it's your turn to put on the dress or to get up to bat or to do whatever it is, you're going to be missing some confidence because that's just the way it works. It's destructive all the way around for us to be so critical and judging of others. I read the passage out of Matthew 7 where Jesus talked about, um, you know, don't judge others and then you won't be judged. It goes on in verse 3 through 5. Follow this line of thought with me and I'll just kind of paraphrase it. He says, who are you to judge somebody else and say, hey, I noticed you have a little speck in your eye and you've got like this telephone pole in your eye. And says, so who are we to bring up their speck when we've got this log in, in our eye? And so we've got to be careful of that and forget about them and just kind of concentrate on fixing ourselves up instead of being so bent on. I noticed you have broccoli in your teeth. And yet you got pancake batter and eggs and mustard and syrup all over you. You know, and so we need to be careful concerning this. Mostly because of what Jesus said. Don't judge. So look at me. I dare you to stop judging other people. Then we come to Romans chapter 2, verse 1. It says, therefore, everybody say therefore. And this is a little Bible study key here. Whenever you see therefore... You need to always ask yourself this question. What is the therefore, therefore? Okay? So bear that in mind, the therefore. He says, therefore, you, say that's me, you are inexcusable. That means you don't have any excuse. I hope this storm doesn't last two weeks. No, no sign or let, let, never mind. Therefore, you are inexcusable, old man, whoever you are who judge. So if you judge, you're without excuse. 
For in whatever you judge another, you condemn yourself. For you who judge, practice the same things. You go, I don't practice the things I judge on others. Follow this so you can get the, the meaning of this. The therefore. You remember the therefore we talked about? Therefore connects Romans chapter 1 with Romans chapter 2. And in Romans chapter 1, an interesting, very informing read right there into human behavior and how when we fall away from God, the digression that takes place and the base behavior that comes into our life. In Hellenistic literature, there's a form called vice list. Vice, V-I-C-E, list. And we find at the end of Romans chapter 1 a vice list. It's not complete, it's not exhaustive, but it's very inclusive. And we see this list of sins. And what he's saying is, when you point to people and say, they're doing that, it says you're inexcusable because you know what? You're on the list too. And so he says, don't judge. You're, you're without excuse when you go pointing out that somebody, hey, they're doing that on the list because the reality is you're on the list too. You know, if we were talking about uh, table manners or something and, you know, you have somebody and they're like this, they say, well, you eat with your elbows on the table. It's bad manners. Well, guess what? You might be chewing with your mouth open. Might not be doing the same thing, but you're doing off the same list. Or we may judge somebody and say, they're texting and driving. Yeah, but you're driving, eating this four-pound, two-fisted burger. And dipping fries and stuff. I would never text. And so, but we, we end up literally on the same list. Now, there is a place, and we'll talk about this in a moment, there are some things that are wrong, and you have to still discern that. You still have to know this is right and this is wrong. But we've got to be careful that we don't fall into the place of being judge. We uh, often criticize other people and judge them by their actions, but we judge ourselves by our intentions. Do you hear that? We judge them by their actions, by what they did. We judge ourselves by our intentions, by what we meant. And we go, I know that was horrible, but if you only knew my heart. You know, and you're without excuse on doing that. The other thing is this. We are very, very uncomfortable with anybody who sins differently than we do. I want to say that again. We're very uncomfortable with people who sin differently than we do. And I'm not saying that this is easy, but we've got to move toward right. That's why I've got to dare you to do this, to stop judging other people. The other thing that happens is this. How many of you know that it, because of what Jesus has done for us, we are, we are right with God? Amen. Okay, for the rest of you, because of what Jesus has done for us, we have right standing with God. I'm so grateful for that today. I said, I'm so grateful for that today. And so therefore, we, we are righteous. But there's another brand of righteous called self-righteous. And there are people among the righteous that are actually acting self-righteous. And what they do is they take a misgiven, misplaced obligation on their life that they feel like, I have to, as the righteous, I have to comment about everybody, I have to judge everybody, I have to fix everybody. And I've got to tell you that, first of all, that doesn't work. Second of all, it's real frustrating. It will drain you of joy. And here's the other thing, too. It's very, very unattractive. And so I'm going to dare you, I dare you today, to stop judging other people. Can I get an Amen. There is right and wrong. And, and last week we talked about love. 
And, and if you'll remember in the message, I, I said this. Now, follow me. We're not, we're not giving anybody a pass on this. We're just trying to do the right thing here. We're trying to do what Scripture calls us to in attitude and in action. And I said, well, sometimes the, the exemption that we try to have, why we can't love somebody, is because we don't agree with them, or we can't condone what they're doing, or we don't understand what they're doing. Listen to me. Look at me. I, I was aware of some things this week. I do not agree with that person. I cannot agree with them. Based on Scripture, I can't agree. I can't condone that. I don't understand that. But what was my commandment? The commandment for us is not understand them or give you... No, our, our commandment is to love. Now when we move into judging, it does not mean you give everybody a pass and you don't look at what is right and wrong. You have to discern what is right and wrong. You have to discern what is good and evil. And the Bible shows you those things. And... and uh, constructive criticism and, conti- and critique has its place in your life. And, and thank God for constructive criticism. But for a person to give that to you, they have to have a place in your life. And for you to give that to somebody, you have to have a place in their life. You can't have just somebody walk up to you and go, hey, I noticed a few things about you. Come over here. I need to talk to you. You know, that doesn't work. That doesn't work. But there is a time and a place where you have people in your life that they can give you constructive criticism. And there's this balance then of finding out, you know, what is, when am I judging and when am I just inspecting fruit? Because Jesus said, by, your, by their fruit, you will know them. And that's kind of a hard balance sometimes to find. Thursday afternoon, I believe it was, I was driving home from the office and um, I'd stopped at a traffic light, because you should. And in the lane next to me. It was a turn lane. There's a car there and it's hot outside. I've got the air going. I'm listening to something on the radio. And, um, I noticed this car had all its windows down and, and i say this and I don't mean this judgmental. This is observational. The real rough looking crew in this car and their windows weren't up probably because the windows didn't work or whatever. And there are three guys in the car. And then there was a lady driving a young lady and she was pregnant. And as I noticed, she was very pregnant. And I also noticed she was smoking like a chimney. And I just got bothered. I mean, it just bothered me. I was like angry. So I got out of the car and I slammed my door. And I went in front of their car. I kicked out both headlights. <laughs> tore the hood off. And said, I need to talk to you. Do you believe me? Um, trying to keep up with that heart of a woman supergirls thing I'm trying just trying to... <laughs> no but I was bothered seriously I was bothered I'm still bothered I'm still bothered by that and I thought I don't know any of them um, I could roll down my window just before the light changes and say something I felt if I said, said anything to them honestly I felt like they're going to beat me up and by that time, Thursday afternoon, I just didn't want to be beat up. And so, <laughs> but it bothered me. And I'll tell you why it bothered me. Because of love. Because I thought about this unborn baby in her, in her belly. And, and here's the deal. The, that little baby had no protection, no protection from the toxins going into mama's blood that's going to go feed and oxygenate that baby. No protection. 
I went home and I even looked up some things because I, I know it's not good. And it, it multiplies the risk of premature birth, of miscarriage, of, of sudden infant death syndrome, of low, low birth weight, asthma, breathing disorders, learning disabilities. And she's just sitting there smoking and close to birth. And you know what? I had to judge it on one degree. I had to judge it. And I don't know if she doesn't know or she doesn't care, but it bothered me. Are you, are you hearing me? Why did it bother me? Because of love. Other times we get bothered because we see six teenagers standing on a corner. Aha! They're up to trouble. Evil. In my town. And actually, they may just be praying for grumpy old people like you or something, you know? So you don't know. So we've got to be real quick about judgment. Do you understand there's right and wrong, there's good and evil, and you have to make judgment and discernment in your heart? Are you, are you hearing me on that? But it is not always our place to roll down our window to tear off their hood or, or do whatever and, and, and inject ourselves into their life and their situation. Now, the Bible goes on to tell us, Romans 14, I, I can't take all the time I need to this morning for some of this, but Romans 14 it says that you need to not judge other people. Did I mention that to you, that I dare you to stop judging other people? And it says, it, it says because of this, it says because we're all going to be judged. So who are any of us to judge when we're all going to be judged? And that all of us are going to appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Now, I need to tell you about this real quick. For unbelievers, there's the great white throne judgment. And that's those that have not received Jesus. But for believers, and we find this in First and Second Corinthians, also in, in Peter, also in James, references to the judgment seat of Christ. And this is where what you do, follow me on this, what you do, your works in life, what you and I do, we're going to have to give an account for those things. There will be judgment placed on those. And the picture is kind of like this. Whether they are wood, hay, and straw, or they're gold, silver, and precious stones. And so to speak, they'll go through fire and whatever comes out, you're either going to suffer loss or you're going to have reward. It said, but you will be saved. It's for believers. You will be saved. And it might be close. And may all your work, maybe all your works get burned up and there's nothing to show for it. You suffer loss. Or if you tried to do some of the things I'm trying to dare you to do, maybe some of it will come through as gold and silver and precious stones. And you'll have reward. And you'll be saved also. But here's the point I want to make to you. I dare you to stop judging others. And one reason would be because we're all going to be judged. And since we're all going to be judged, and there's only one righteous judge, and I looked around the room carefully this morning, and none of us are him. None of us are qualified. He alone is the righteous judge. So I dare you to stop judging other people. We're all going to be judged. And here comes your second dare. You ready? I dare you to judge yourself. I dare you to judge yourself. Scripture has a lot to say about it. In Proverbs 30, it says this. There are those that think they're pure in their own heart when actually they're filthy. The prophet Haggai said, consider your ways. You keep doing some things, but you've got it all out of whack. You need to consider your ways. Who? You. Consider your ways. In 1 Corinthians eleven thirty one, it says, for if we would judge ourselves... We would not be judged. Paul, 
said, take heed to yourself in 1 Timothy. And the Amplified Bible says, including your personality, which means this, we're going to have to judge ourselves. Look at me. I dare you to judge yourself. Now, here's the problem. We're really good, I mean, really good at judging others. Come on, y'all get in with me on this now. How many of you know we are really good at judging others? How many of you know we're real good at criticizing others? How many of you know no matter what comes up, we're pretty good and pretty quick. We, we can have something to say about that. Even if we don't verbalize it completely, we can do this. Mm-hmm. Right? And what are we doing? We're judging, right? Am I with you? And my wife informs me that women are particularly astute. They are lightning fast at judging other women. And they see another woman like, uh-huh, Miss Thang, go along there with her things. And, uh, uh. and then Miss Thang turned around and go, hey, precious. You look sweet today. Here's the deal. We're really good at judging other people. We've worked on it. Come on, how many of you would, would go ahead and boast in your sin this morning? <laughs> I'm one of the best. Hey, listen, we're joking about it, but this is a serious deal. The Spirit of God is calling us out on this one and saying, I'm daring you. It's not just me daring you. He's daring you to step across the line, daring you to love, daring you to stop judging other people, and daring you to judge yourself. And so since we're so good, we put so much effort, energy, years of practice into judging others, here's where we're weak. We're weak in judging ourselves. So real quickly, I just want to give you a few keys to help you to judge yourself. The first one is this. Look in the mirror. Look in the mirror. And by mirror, I mean this mirror, the Word of God. It it reveals itself as a mirror. It also reveals itself as light. And I'm going to tell you something that will happen. If you'll get into the Word and read it in a proper way and let it speak to you, you'll start to see yourself in a different light. It will reveal some things to you. You'll feel some conviction about things. You'll get an awareness about some things. And the first thing you need to do is get into the mirror. Look into the light and the mirror of God's Word. The second thing would be this. Ask a friend. Ask a friend. We all have what are called blind spots. Blind spots. You know, you've seen it happen before too. You look in just part of the mirror. And you say, I look good. But then you got your dress tucked into your pantyhose, you know, as you, as, as you walk out. See, I've been watching too much of it, uh, say yes to the draft. As a blind spot, you didn't even see that. <laughs> All right, we better close them for No, we're not done. We're not done. Hang on, just a few more minutes. Um, we have blind spots. And you need to have people in your life that can help you, that can point out something. I think no matter what you get involved in, at some point along the way, you need to have a coach. Be it golf or tennis or trumpet or, or whatever it would be. Because you can fool yourself. And you can do a little bit and you think, I'm incredible at this. And actually you aren't. Or if you are good at it, you could go to a whole other level. If you had somebody there to say, you know what would really help you? And you've got to have those people in your life. You've got to have those people in your life. So ask a friend or ask your spouse. Or maybe don't ask your spouse. <laughs> Thirdly, Jesus is the standard. Jesus is the standard. Our goal is to be more like Jesus. There's a whole lot to WWJD. What would Jesus do? He's the standard. Let's become more and more like him. Fourthly, give yourself some slack. It's not about perfection. It's about progress. It's about progress. 
And as you learn to give yourself some slack, hopefully you'll learn to give some other people some slack. Be a little more patient with them as well. And then lastly this morning, there's much more we could say on this, but invite the Holy Spirit. Invite the Holy Spirit to search you and to bring back his findings. And you can trust him. You can trust him to do this in the best of ways because he knows you best and he loves you most. And follow me on this. You invite the Holy Spirit, search me, God. He'll come back and he'll come, he'll come back in such a way. He, he won't come back this way. I'll tell you, this is wrong with you and this is wrong with you and this is wrong with you. He won't come back that way. He will triage it all. And he'll come back and he'll go, you know what, my beloved, let's start working on this right now first. And then as you meet with him and continue to grow in him, he will gently, and at times a little stronger, he will help you and he will help you. And you need to invite the Holy Spirit on this. Judging yourself involves humility. Humility releases grace. Grace brings help and progress and freedom and joy. And so I dare you. I dare you to stop judging others. We're all going to be judged. I dare you to judge yourself. And you know what else? That relieves you of that misplaced obligation that we've got to fix everybody else. And I think the end result is a happier better you and one easier to be around because you don't have the burden of the whole world. I'll close with this. In John chapter 21, we find Jesus talking to Peter. And just a few chapters earlier, Peter had denied Jesus three times. Do you remember that before the crucifixion? He denied him three times. And here's Jesus doing an awesome thing. He's restoring Peter. And there's so much in this. We could do a whole series just on this, but Jesus asked him, stay with me on this. Jesus asked Peter, he said, Peter, do you love me? He did this three times. I, I think part of that is to, you know, make up for the three times that he denied. He said, Peter, do you love me? He said, you know I love you. He said, feed my sheep. Three times they did that. And he's finishing up restoring Peter, speaking good things over Peter. And then here's what Peter does. John walks by, and they're kind of in competition anyway. And here's what Peter does, just like us, say, just like me. Peter goes, well, what about him? What about him? And in the original Greek, here's what Jesus said. Nunya. No, not really. But he, 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 in essence, said this. It's, it's none of your business. He goes, what is, what is that to you? What if I let him just live forever, starting right now? He just, Jesus made up just a big sentence. What if? He said, that has nothing to do with you. You just do what I told you to do. And I'm going to tell you what, there's messed up people around us. How many of you know we're quick to find them? We can find them and we can comment. And they shouldn't do that and, and that's all right. You're exactly right. But here's the thing. It's not our place to judge them. It's not our place to judge. And I, and I mean the list, the list, the list goes on and on of things that we could judge people for. And I believe the Spirit of God is calling His people to be people of love so I dare you to love and he's calling us to stop judging so I dare you to stop judging other people and we're all going to be judged and we need to realize this we need to judge ourselves we're going to be better off you're going to be so much more free and I got to go ahead and tell you this though this is way easier to talk about than it is to do so we need God to help us every day every day and make some progress in doing this I promise you before days out you're going to catch yourself 
be somebody by the road, somebody at a store, somebody in a restaurant, somebody on TV, somewhere. You're, you're going to be quick to judge them. And it's like, Holy Spirit, help me, help me. And I pray that you actually get caught a couple times today so you'll start to see this and we'll make some progress. Amen? I'll stop right there. Did you get anything at all out of this today? Thank you, Lord.